Well, good morning. Not quite sure where that picture is taken, but that's where I want to be. Anybody else <laughs> right now? Yes. Well, we are kicking off a new theme this week in Chapel Roswell, that of Sabbath. Now, that may be a concept that you're not very familiar with, but I can almost guarantee that it's one of those things that you didn't know you needed until you had it, and then you couldn't live without it. Sabbath is really just a fancy word for rest. But it's more than just rest like taking a nap or rest like binge-watching Netflix or rest that goes beyond a day at the spa. Sabbath rest is about reclaiming a certain rhythm in your life, about finding balance, a holy and divine balance to your days and to your week. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Now, you may have heard the word Sabbath before, but associated it with the Jewish faith and the practice of Shabbat, a once-a-week observance of rest. Now, for Orthodox Jews, this means walking to the temple and worshiping God and then walking home and having a meal and celebrating with your family and those around you. They don't go to work. They don't go to school. They don't go shopping. They don't do much of anything. In fact, Sabbath literally means cease from working. And in Jewish laws expressed in the Talmud, there are 39 categories of work that are supposed to be ceased in order to practice and observe Shabbat. Now, for early Jews, following Shabbat meant following strict guidelines, and this continues for many of the Jewish faith today. But even with all the thou shalt nots, the rules of Shabbat also command believers to be joyful and restful, to hold great feasts, to sing happy hymns, and to dress in your finest. And as former Jew and now Christian theologian Lauren Winner writes in her book, married couples even get rabbinical brownie points for having sex on the Sabbath. <laughs> so, got your attention now, right? Well, that's all well and good for those of the Jewish faith, how they celebrate and observe Shabbat. But what about for us as Christians? I mean, I thought Jesus came to set us free from all those rules and laws. And that's true. That is part of what Jesus came to do. But Jesus also came to bring us life. And Sabbath is nothing if not life-giving. So for the next four weeks here in Chapel Roswell, we're going to talk about what it means to be followers of Christ in 2017 and to practice Sabbath-keeping, to peace out and find Sabbath rest. Now we're going to begin this week at the very beginning, 
Because as the wonderfully wise Maria von Trapp once said, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. So just as when we read, we begin with ABC, when we sing, we begin with? Thank you. When we read the story of God, the story of God's relationship with God's people, the story of God and us, the story of Sabbath, we begin in the beginning with Genesis. In the beginning. In the beginning, there was chaos. In the beginning, there was nothingness. And then God spoke. God spoke and creation began. First with the light and the dark, the day and the night. And then the waters and the sky, the land and the sea, the sun and the moon, the fish, the plants, the birds, the animals, and finally us, humans. And as God created, God responded to the work of God's hands. We read in Genesis that God looked at what God had made and saw that it was good. After almost every day of creation, God looked and God saw just how good it was. When I read this story now, I actually hear God's words a little bit differently. It was my first semester of seminary, and I was sitting in my very first Old Testament class. And each day, my professor, Dr. Ellen Davis, would bring in her Hebrew Bible to teach us. And as she read, she would translate. She gave a translation that you can't buy anywhere. It's just what she believed it said as she read. And as you can imagine, this totally transformed some of those familiar stories that we already knew and put them in a new light. And the creation story was one of those because as she read from Genesis and she said, God saw what God had made and God said, whoa, that is good. Now, at first, the class just burst out in laughter. Are you kidding me? Would God really say that? I mean, would God really think that way? But the more she said it, the more it began to resonate within us to think about that deeper meaning of what God saw when God looked at creation. It wasn't just a, whoa, <laughs> look what I did. Or a whoa, that's so amazing. But a whoa of awe and wonder. Think about how a child responds when they first learn something new, like the flipping of a switch will turn a light on and off. Or lifting the drain in the bathtub and all the water goes away? What? Whoa. Or maybe you can remember the first time you saw a rainbow. 
or maybe what your reaction was when you visited a place like the Grand Canyon or experienced something that was totally beyond words. Wow, this is amazing. Whoa, this is beautiful. Whoa, I can't wait to share this with someone because whoa, this is good. This is good. Now, this, this pattern that God had of, of creating and then responding, it created, it continued throughout the, the six days of creation. Now, were these six literal days or just a story to depict our schedule of time? That's not important today. <laughs> but either way, we know that there was a period of time when God created God worked. God produced something, and whoa, it was good. But then, after all the creating seems to be done, we come to the final day and the final moments of creation. And so we read together the end of Genesis 1 and going into the beginning of chapter 2. You'll see it up On the screens, God saw everything he had made. It was supremely good. There was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. The heavens and the earth and all who live in them were completed. On the sixth day, God completed all the work that he had done. And on the seventh day, God rested from all the work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all the work of creation. So God has finished God's work, but instead of jumping right to the next thing and instead of checking off all the creation boxes and flipping the page in God's journal to the next to-do list, God stops. This is supremely good. Whoa, this is all so very good. There's no way that I can move on without pausing, without stopping to reflect and enjoy what this is before me. While God has been in the business of making something out of nothing, God now makes nothing out of something. Rest is created. And not only does God rest and say that it is good, but God names it as holy. Now, does God need to rest? No, of course not. I mean, God is God with infinite wisdom and power and energy. God's not tired and just looking for a day to refuel. Get ready for what's going to happen with Adam and Eve, because that's a doozy. God stops and rests because it's part of who God is. And it's part of this holy work of creation that God has been engaged with 
since the beginning. What good would it be to create this wonderful, beautiful world and then not stop to enjoy it? What good would it do to not take a moment to appreciate that which God calls good? If something is is so amazing, so life-changing, that you stop and say, whoa, that's good, wouldn't you want to stay and be a part of the good? So this day of rest, this Sabbath day, it teaches us something about God, about who God is and about who we are as people created in the image of God. God is not just in the business of producing, but God is also in the business of stopping and resting. Both of these actions, or maybe I should say this action and lack of action, are crucial to who God is. Dr. Matthew Sleeth, he has a book about Sabbath. It's called 24-6. And in it, he says, rest shows us who God is. God has restraint. And restraint is refraining from doing everything that one has the power to do. We must never mistake God's restraint for weakness. The opposite is true. God shows restraint, therefore restraint is holy. Now there's something that our 21st century American culture is not going to teach us. Restraint is holy. Pausing is holy. Resting from our labors, it's holy. Have you noticed recently how the answer to the question, how are you, has become almost universally the same? How are you? Oh, busy, so busy. How are you? Oh, the same, yes, busy, busy, busy. Guilty? Yes. Anyone? Yes. Not alone. It's almost like we're afraid to answer any other way. If I don't say I'm busy, then they'll think I'm not doing anything. Then they'll think I'm not worth anything because after all, what I produce is my worth. Right? So I better keep busy and keep on producing And maybe eventually I'll produce something that's worthwhile. That's the people that we have become. And I hate to say it, but it's the people we're raising our children to be. Go and do, make and create. You've got to keep 
going never to stop because there will always be someone better, something new to learn, something new to conquer, and you better not stop because if you stop for just one minute, there's no way you're going to regain that ground. So go and do and make and create all the time. It's exhausting. Are you starting to stress out just thinking about it? Is your heart beat starting to increase because now that I've mentioned it, you've started to go through your to-do list in your mind and you're wondering, what the heck am I doing in church listening to her talking when I need to be doing this and this and this? <laughs> right? We're constantly after something new. Right? Maybe you even had that conversation this morning either in your head or with your family, like, oh, should we go to church today? I, uh, I don't know. We really need to get this and this done, so maybe we'll just skip this week. We'll go next week, but we really just need to get this done. I've had that conversation. I'm the pastor, and I've had that conversation, okay? <laughs> it's just a part of who we are. It's part of who we're created to be, right? We are created in the image of God, and God is a creator. But the problem is we've grasped onto that aspect of God and just run with it. And we're leaving behind the rest of the image that, yes, God created, and yes, we are to create, but God also rested. And we are called to do the same, to stop, to breathe, to peace out, and find some moments of rest. We've forgotten what it means to really say, whoa, that's good. Because we're too busy moving on to the next thing. And so we miss the good. And I dare say we miss God. Because what would it mean in our lives to stop and to look around, to say, whoa, you know what? This is good. This life, my life, there's love that's shared. There's grace that I've received, and, and there's grace that I've been able to give to others. There's care that I've shown to people, and there's care that's been shown to me. That is good. Let me just rest in that for a minute. How might doing that change the way you approach life? The way you approach work or school or your family or your friends or your faith? What would it mean to stop 
to pause, to take a deep breath, to open your eyes and say, whoa, that's good. It's an interesting thing to look at some of the creation stories from other ancient religions and cultures. A lot of them are very similar to ours, where the god or the gods creates the world and goes through the process by which that happens. But there's one thing that sets ours apart, that God rests. And let, let's take the, the Mesopotamian example, okay? So there's this god Marduk, and once, you know, the world is created, Marduk has all the, the defeated lesser gods create Babylon, the city of Babylon, and create the temple in Babylon so that people can come and worship Marduk. Well, once the defeated gods create this temple, they need someone or something to care for the temple. And so they create humans to be their, their serfs, their slaves, and to work day in and day out to maintain the temple. That's how their creation story goes. And so for them, they understand that they are created for work and nothing else. And if they fail at their work, then that reflects their failure to truly serve their gods. But for us, in our story, we see how God not only invites us in to the work, but invites us in to share in the non-work of rest. So then how we serve our God, how we worship our God, is through finding that balance of creating and resting, of doing and being. If I were to ask you, what was the last project you completed? The last thing you checked off your to-do list? I bet you could rattle off some answers for me, couldn't you? But what if I were to ask, when was the last time you stopped? When was the last time you truly rested? When was the last time you sat with God? Not for any particular purpose, not even in reading the scriptures, but just sat with God. might be a little bit harder to answer that question. And brothers and sisters, let me say, that has to change. It has to change because who we are created to be must have both. Because this idea that our worth comes from what we do, that is a lie. Our worth comes from who we are, 
and we are children of God, saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And if you can't sit back and say, whoa, that is good, then you got to start trying. Because that's how we get back to who God created us to be. That's how we get our world back to how God created it to be. I'm not going to say it's the answer to all of our troubles, but it's a darn good start to appreciate what we have, to give thanks for what we have, to look and see with God's eyes, whoa, that is good. Now we want to help you in this a little bit, right? Over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about what it means to live into Sabbath, to find this new rhythm of doing and being, producing and resting, creation and Sabbath. But I want to ask something of you, starting today. I'm not going to ask for a whole day of rest. We won't get there yet. But all I want is a moment. I want a moment each day this week for you to stop, for you to look around and find something good. Now you can do it when things are going great and it'll be easy. Or you can do it when something's not going your way and find that good and stop and say, say it out loud, whoa, that's good. Let me rest in that for just a minute. We want to help you do that. And the way we're going to help you do that is by sending you a text message reminder every day. So if you need a little extra help in remembering to pause and stop, if you'll text peace out to 484848, you'll get signed up to receive a text message every day this week at a random time each day that'll just be a reminder that whatever you're doing, whatever's going on in your life at that moment, stop, pause, take a breath, and say, whoa, this is good. This is good, God. Thank you. Thank you. Will you say a prayer with me? A holy and gracious God, Lord, the work of your creation is magnificent. But let us not focus solely on what you have done, but how you rest in that creation. That who you have created us to be 
are a people that, yes, create just as you have, but also rest just as you have. Lead us to find a place of holy rest, of holy restraint. Lead us to that place that allows us to give thanks, that allows us to see the good in the world and the good in our lives. And lead us to that place that reminds us it's not about what we do, what we create, or what we produce, but it's about who we are in you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.